0: Here we go 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 This This is is
1: it it. This is Top Flight Time Machine I am Andy Dawson I'm Sam Delaney Let's not fuck about. Let's get on with this. We're getting a deep dive into the mailbag again from all your cunters that have contributed. Uh, if you want to do that, you can uh, get in touch on Twitter at Machine or email us at topflighttimemachine at gmail.com yeah. with all of your stories, most of which we will ignore because they are fucking awful. But um, never mind, <laughs> you've tried and that's the main thing. Pretty long con-
0: some of them, aren't they, mate?
1: Some of them are really long. Some of them have completely missed the point of what we're after. Some of them are borderline criminal. Um got, passed- we
0: don't want to incriminate people on this. Because there could be something, couldn't there be something a problem for us if Do we, we not? know about it? I've,
1: I've, I've been passing someone to the police. I thought we would. I thought that was. Yeah, well, I note. think
0: that's the best to cover ourselves. Because if not, if we are aware of a criminal act and we don't report, then in some ways we, you could say we we're complicit. We're, we're conspiracy. accessories.
1: Yeah, we could get yeah. done, couldn't we? Yeah. So, so just um, be
0: careful about that and don't and just try and keep it succinct. There are some details that are not necessary in a, in a story get um, to the good bit really yeah get to the bit where you spunk on your iPod
1: yeah get to that cut to the money shot straight away um Top Flight Time Machine yeah. is the only podcast that will grass on its listeners that's our guarantee to you yes, from us
0: proudly grassing on its listeners since 2018 <laughs> to the cops <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? be a really good episode I know we don't have guests on I know we don't have guests on but you know my good friend Peter Blexley, off of The Hunted, former yeah. top police detective. I think we should invite him on, and then we just go through. We do a special grass special where yeah. we go through the worst of the <laughs> messages we've had on eBay, and we just read them out to Peter Blexley, and then Peter Blexley tells us what his thoughts are on whether or not it's a crime.
1: Tell us which ones were arrestable or not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and what further action should be taken? And then,
1: and then at the end, we solemnly hand over a dossier with all of the letters and emails. And, and never
0: tweeting. will our theme outgoing theme tune of Crown Court.
1: <laughs> By the way, Email talking of Crown
0: Court, that's another one that um another Casper Delaney story that he gave me yesterday. Right after telling me that he'd put his own dog in kennels, <laughs> he couldn't be bothered looking after it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he said that Crown Court he's doing an open university degree in law right yeah and he's really into law and i go did you pit- is that mainly from watching ground court and he was an unbelievable truant when he was a kid like he right. just he was one of britain's best bunkers which should be a <laughs> show on channel five if it's not already he had he had bunked in every way you can bunk he never turned up to school and he blamed and it and now he really- works
1: for ridley scott yeah just goes so to show
0: kids yeah And um, he said the reason he bunked off a lot, he realised, was because Crown Court, he reckoned, he mm. says, but you'll be able to confirm or deny this because I trust you on Crown Court more than him. He mm. said, well, the thing about Crown Court was it all built up throughout a week and you got the verdict on a Friday. Yeah. So once you'd bunked on a Monday, you basically you would... had committed to bunking every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were <laughs> totally invested in it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was on for like yeah. half an hour. It was on for half an hour, like half one. So that's the, every his afternoon. excuse
0: for leaving school with no qualifications, Crown Court. Fair enough. But then now look at him. Now he's a man in his 50s successfully studying for a law degree at Open University. <laughs> As whilst a result, of also Crown Court. Whilst also working for Ridley Scott and getting through shit tons of co op wine.
1: <laughs> Crown Court was his schooling. Mm. And now he's doing a law degree. Uh,
0: yeah, now he's going to be Britain's top lawyer. I owe it all t- When he gets up to receive his. <clears throat> Law award like yeah. the law Oscars that they do every year. ill will thank Crown Court probably.
1: And it's of course it's in his DNA because his dad famously yeah. defended himself in court that time.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it just comes naturally that to us, desire Delaney. to
1: stand in, a, in front of a judge in a court of law and defend <laughs> someone, even if it's himself. That's there. Putting
0: one th- one's thumbs inside <laughs> one's lapels. <laughs> yeah, and striding gown. about a courtroom authoritatively. <laughs> Barking at people. That's just in the Delaney blood, mate.
1: I put this to you.
0: <laughs> cetera, Point of order, my lad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no further questions, my lad.
0: Oh, one last question. <clears throat> Turns yeah, yeah. his back to the defendant with a flourish. Could you tell me what colour tie I'm wearing? <laughs> 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 no further questions. This, this is, is it.
1: it. Here's a one we've had from someone who calls himself Cunter Chunter. Um, And it's about his grandad, who was a bit of a card, he says, uh, and has a whiff of the bullshit about him. And he says, the recent tale of downing a hot air balloon with a cricket ball inspired me to share some personal grandad bullshit. Um, As he sometimes played for his works team in his youth. uh, Not content with smashing a delivery from an opposition fastballer so hard that it flew horizontally for, quote marks, fully 300 yards... (laughs) <laughs> before before embedding itself so far in a grass verge it had to be dug out before play could resume.
0: <laughs> like Superman had done it. Yeah.
1: He then followed that up by twatting his six so high and so far out of the ground that it cleared a low-flying plane as it flew over the boundary. Excellent. Excellent. He's obviously not such a crack shot as the hot air balloon guy as he didn't manage to actually knock the plane out of the fucking sky, but still. And uh, Chuttner says this is just one from the hundreds of bullshits in his arsenal. Such as the time he broke the record in the local gym by leg pressing half a ton <laughs> <laughs> in his seventies. <70s. laughs> <laughs>
0: if I'd been doing that bullshit, far be it from me to interfere in other people's bullshits. I would have quite liked to have said that the cricket ball hit the tail mm. of the airplane. And knocked it spinning, like in a cartoon. It just spun sort of on the spot in mid air, like (laughs) maybe ten or twelve times. Like, but then just carried on flying on its merry way.
1: (laughs) Right in its position. The thing is,
0: I've noticed a real trend of cricket-related lies, which makes me think that the cricketing community. Yeah. is rife with bullshitters
1: well it probably is isn't it because we had that it one. makes we sense the, we had the hot air balloon and of course the dad who came back from the pub without his trousers on because mm. he, he, jo- he drunkenly joined in a game of cricket and the ball had hit him with some it, kids. On, on the pocket with some kids hit him on the pocket where his matches were and the set his trousers on fire <laughs> yeah. trousers on fire and I it's just a great think, excuse
0: <laughs> I just think it kind of makes sense because cricket <laughs> cricket is a game sort of for eccentrics, isn't it? It's a strange <clears throat> eccentric game, yeah. and it's also traditionally kind of like a village thing. And bullshit—forgive pr- my prejudice—but bullshit, I feel, is more rife in village areas than it is in urban areas.
1: Yeah, because
0: nothing There's much more boredom. happens. Yeah, exactly. You're really bored, so you have got to survive on bullshit. <laughs>
1: Another one so is just coming from Steve, which is a, a combo of a bullshit and a dad project when a dad takes over a school project oh and yeah, makes great. it his own. So Steve says, I want to share a bullshit from a lad at school. This lad told us that his dad drove a Harley Davidson car that was the only one they had ever made. And, <laughs> and, he, also, and he also had a pet shark in a giant tank in his front room. Uh, he says what this dickhead didn't seem to realise was we 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 walked past his house every day on the way to school and could not only see his drive old fiesta but could also see into his front room normal sized fish tank
0: (laughs) no shark
1: no shark no shark no Harley Davidson car Steve also adds also wanted to tell you about a time again at school when I got an art project to make a replica of my vacuum cleaner a replica of your vacuum cleaner. Jesus Christ. He Weird. says, My dad fully took over the project and made it an almost perfect replica with a removable bag and opening front panel. It was viewed with serious suspicion by my teacher and set me up for no end of shit as the quality of my subsequent work drastically decreased. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. I, went when, um, I remember once at the weekend, I used to, to wear. it's quite sad. Another thing you'll notice that a lot of my stories are subtly crafted to elicit sympathy, yeah, from people. Yeah. And, you're a manipulator,
1: uh, aren't you? You're an emotional a man- manipulator, a yep. narcissist, perhaps? Do you think?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, those two uh,
0: things often go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Of course, <laughs> possibly a psychopath. And,
0: well, I've tried to make my nickname poor Sam. In fact, on my radio show, on Talk Radio, I had a regular item called Poor Sam, where (laughs) I got to tell listeners just a bad thing that had happened to me that they should feel sorry for me about. Anyway, I used to worry about my mum being lonely when me and my brothers were out of the house, right? Yeah. And um, I would always sort of, I think I might have overestimated how sad my mum was, and I was, when I was about 12, I went out for the day with my dad, and I'd always have like a little bit of residual guilt of going out with my dad and his missus for the day yeah. and leaving my mum lonely at home, right? Yeah, of course. Because my dad would have probably taken me for a treat or something, mm-hmm. you know, something good. And back at my house, it was all sort of, you know, pancho from the flats, dogs shitting on the bed, etc. cetera. Dogs, dogs hopping so, next to the tunnel. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, it was the, all bad. But whenever I went out my dad, he might have taken me to a restaurant, something like that. So, so your whole life back. was
1: Enders, and it, it, life with your dad, dad, dad was what Howard's Weir <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> my dad did take me to the boat show once at Earl's Court, <laughs> and we looked on these fucking extraordinary boats, yeah. and... I remember, yeah, we were t- well. I was trying to work out a way uh, whereby we could afford to just live on one of these boats. Anyway, how I old went, were was,
1: you? How old were you? And how many swimwear like, like, how many swimwear models was there standing on the boat? I was
0: like ten. It was. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't been back since. I've suggested it to my kids a couple of times. Like, I don't know if it still exists, well, but in my head, let's it's let's like the go. best. It's the best thing you can do is yeah. go to the Earl's Court boat <laughs> show. That's right? me and you go.
1: Anyone can go, can't they? Yeah, you,
0: you just, don't just have rock to be up.
1: rich to get in
0: no my dad just took me one weekend Did you, you know because I suppose if you're a single day you've got to find things to do with your kids yeah and um, I mean you know you see your kids all week but if you're just seeing them at the weekend the pressure's on so he'd yeah. think what can I fucking do this weekend so he's, he's taking me out to the Elscott boat show whoa, and it's remained whoa, in my head whoa hold on what?
1: hold what? on Statement from last May, British Marine, which organises and owns the London Boat Show, has announced the 2019 show, due to run at XL London from 9th to 13th of January 2019, so we've missed it, will not take place. Oh, shit. This has, as a result of insufficient support from a large proportion of the marine industry to the London Boat Show with its current format, duration and location. So the boat show could be over. Either that well, or something. Why don't
0: some me and you take it over?
1: We could do, couldn't we? Or some fuckers are doing a power play, I think.
0: I've run and, festivals before, but I could easily do a boat show. I know, right. I've been there once, I've got vivid memories of the things that make it, and you're right, there's a lot of girls in swimsuits, and there's just, like, the the level of luxury I saw on some of those boats was gr- borderline grotesque.
1: Jesus. Yeah, they've, they've knocked it down from 10 days to 5 days, and some of the exhibitors aren't happy with just 5 days. Oh man, babies! Oh, there's one in it's Southampton. A bit baby-ish. There's one in Southampton.
0: Well, we'll go to that. That's but that more got to more be the credibility one. than one in London, anyway.
1: That seems to be the big one now. Yeah, we'll go to that one.
0: We'll get down to that. Do you know when that is?
1: Just bear with me. I'll have a look. If we've Sorry got about any boat
0: people, if we got anyone from the marine industry listening, and but oh, I yes. tell you what. If Sam. you've got if you're if you're involved in the marine industry and you're a fan of the show, then why not invite us down on one of mm-hmm. the days to do a a live recording on one of your boats. I'm sure it'll attract a lot more customers. Th-
1: 13th to the 22nd of September 2019, 10 days of boat show. There we must be someone there. out there. Southampton, September, we could stream on it for 10 days. Oh. A place live, to
0: stray, man. Southampton. We Hampton. could
1: live within the boat shore. We could sleep on the boats.
0: Yeah, you could steal in. That's a good idea for a sort of a comedy film as well. Like we get trapped inside <laughs> a boat show.
1: <laughs> right, I'll add that to the list of things we're going to do. Yeah. Pontefract. But it's got, Port the and security
0: pub. are all pirates.
1: We, we didn't mention chasing this. Us. We- we didn't mention this, but we're going to go to Sausage World in Yorkshire, which is going to open up soon as well, aren't we? Yeah, that's in near the um, haunted
0: house I have access to. We'll,
1: yeah, we'll do the Pontyfrock. So that'll sausage. be our
0: Yorkshire tour, and I've always wanted to do a bit more of a tour of Yorkshire. I feel like I don't have enough experience of Yorkshire.
1: Yeah, and oh, they'll, um, they'll, they'll tell you if you need more experience when you're there. They'll they'll tell you oh, if you're yeah. doing it wrong. And yeah. so that board <laughs> show in September. So yeah, we're doing all of that. Um, what's the oh, yeah, just
0: Well, I went out with my dad, I can't remember if it was to the boat show or what, but I got back, and my mum had had left on my desk in my room just some A4 paper with some writing on it that she had done. So I read it, right? And it was so upsetting. It was like, I've been in this terrible state for longer than I can remember. Every day, Mm. all I can hear are the wails of other people ringing around my head. I am tired and hungry. I feel unloved. And it was just awful, right? And I thought, oh, my God, my mum's fucking lost it, right? She's gone bananas. Mm. She's written, she's she's done some expressive prose as a form of therapy. I was only Mm. about 11, right? But I could fucking see what was going on. And I practically cried reading it. And then I went and found my mum in the kitchen. I went, what the fuck is this all about? And she went, it's that essay you asked me to write. (laughs) What it was was (laughs) I hadn't done an essay for my homework, and the essay was based on slaves coming over from Africa in a slave ship being (laughs) people trafficked to America or wherever, right? And we'd been asked... For humanities to write from the perspective of one of the slaves right for on yeah. right on the boat and i hadn't done it but my dad had promised to take me out and i'd freaked out and said i want to go out with my dad but I, i'm supposed to do this essay today and my <laughs> mum had said and i said will you write it for me and then i'll just you copy out my it. own writing <laughs> and because i was very spoiled emotionally my mum went yeah no problem, I'll do it. But I'd forgotten that I'd asked her to do it. <laughs> when I come back, she'd written this fucking depiction of a living hell, and I'd got muddled up and thought it was a depiction of her own life. Oh, uh, We Jesus. laughed in the end. And, and, uh, then- and by the way, before anyone starts shouting cultural appropriation, no, I'm not comparing the plight of my mum in the 1980s to that of an African slave on a ship in uh, yeah. whenever it was that happened. I'm not. It was just an honest... $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks. Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño.
0: James O'Connor, my brother's friend came into school one morning to tell his mates this tale. The friend, let's call him John Bullshit Story, claimed that his dad worked (laughs) in a zoo. His dad worked in a zoo part-time. (laughs) Always a great basis for a bullshit coming up.
1: Part time.
0: (laughs) Lads, my dad works part time in a zoo. Soon as I heard those words, I would sit down, light a cigarette and rub my hands in anticipation. Um, And when John got home from school one day, he was confronted by his dad sitting on a sofa next to to a fully grown adult emperor penguin. (laughs) The, The dad proceeded to tell his son... it had to bring the penguin home for a few days because the zoo had given his special dispensation as he had developed such good relationship with his dad he thought it would be in the penguin's best interest to spend time out of the working environment with john's dad (laughs) so you've got an emperor penguin living in your house now yeah that's right it's part of my dad's job we've got to he's my brother now and i have to treat him like my brother (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's fucking good that uh, here's one from Martin in Singapore uh, when I was in secondary school in the mid 80s down in Cornwall we had a maths teacher who kept up a story for the whole of my fifth year and may still be doing so in some retirement home or other the story was that he was the guitarist from Steppenwolf his mm-hmm. name was Mr. Step <laughs> <laughs> Not having access to the internet in those days, it was difficult to prove him wrong, as he seemed to have a wealth of information about his time in the band and their history. Yeah, they're called books. He'd have looked it up in books, mate. Um, I regret to say that I think I probably fell for the story. Even the bit about the CDT teacher, Mr. Wolfendale, also being in the band, hence their name, (laughs) Steppenwolf. <laughs> looking back it seems unlikely the two american rock stars would become teachers in a comprehensive school in cornwall so these two fuckers have sat and dreamed this up in the in the staff room Good. haven't they mr Step and Mr. stephan I, I respect
0: them for it because this yeah. is not there are two it, different types of bullshit in broadly speaking there's one where someone is actually almost half believes it themselves and is desperately yeah. trying to seek the approval of other people, and that's a real pathetic bullshit. But then there's a bullshit that you've just purposefully made up to wind someone up.
1: Malicious and, bullshit.
0: Uh, yeah, and they're. In a way, I've got more respect for them. Um, we've got one up. here from from Brendan that is titled "Stray Man." Good possible sex mm-hmm. fail. Mm, bad. I'm always You'll a bit. See. We're trying I've, to weed I've, out sex fails. I've
1: pre-approved fails. this one. It's not bad.
0: Okay. All right, so no, 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 no. We might not have to grasp this one to the no, uh, to no. the old Bill. He's clean. At age sixteen, I was on a trip. In my school's volleyball team mm, at Bridlington, weird, and we were all we were all staying on a campsite by the seafront. One <laughs> night, I tried my luck with one of the girls in the group, and having been rebuffed in no uncertain terms, <laughs> made an... And being an emo gobshite, I decided to go down to the beach with a herbal cigarette, in quote marks, and stare at the sea as if that would somehow fix everything. <laughs> Unfortunately, the campground had a curfew, and upon trying to return, I found all the gates locked and the is too high to climb. Right. <laughs> it's too high to climb. Shut up. <laughs> you remember about me going yeah, up he's, that he's really on- high fence to get the ball out of the allotments and getting yeah. stuck there for a whole PE lesson. Have some balls. Anyway, yeah, too high to climb, been down you the, reckon. He'd been,
1: down the, he'd been down the cliff smoking a herbal cigarette. He's not going yeah, to you know, the climb or anything, is he? Fucking okay, no. hell. No,
0: that's true. Even a short wall would seem too high to climb if, you, <laughs> if you're very high. Um, right, so, so I didn't have a mobile in those days, and I was barefoot. So I did the sensible thing and set off walking into the town. I was now officially a stray man. Within five minutes of getting into the town proper, I saw a bloke sat in a doorway looking miserable. (laughs) I went over and said hello. A bloke looking miserable over there. I'll go over and say hello. And asked what he was up to. He just (laughs) sighed and (laughs) and pointed to a car parked across the road and said, waiting for my mate. At that point, I noticed the car was rocking vigorously. Being a naive 16-year-old, I just laughed and said, we've all been there, mate. I hadn't. I carried on walking. That's a great 16-year-old thing to say, isn't it, to an adult, to try and make out you're on their level. We've all been sat in the doorway waiting for our mate to finish having sex in a car.
1: Even though I'm not given that to it drive. was gone
0: midnight at this point, and I was barefoot, I wasn't sure what to do next, so I just kept going all the while scoping out possible sleeping spots. Thankfully, it was the height of summer, so the evening was mild. A little further on, I came across another stray man and a brief conversation in which he offered me drugs and a place to stay. Or oh, this is, of course, a recurring pitfall of the stray man, isn't it?
1: This is That's almost becoming before. like becoming like a fucking. Um, the children's story, almost. He's going on a journey. Yeah. He comes across various men, characters. Oh, what,
0: was the man made out of gingerbread and was yeah. his house made of sweeties? <laughs> um, except in an adult version, it was like, I met a man who <laughs> was made out of fags and he took me <laughs> home to his house, which was made of frozen lager. It were a, a beer igloo. And he said I could lick it all night. Um uh, he, he told me he offered me a place to stay, which I considered, but came to the conclusion it would probably end in bumming. I bid him farewell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with bumming as long as it's all consensual. above board. Yeah, yeah consensual bumming. Uh, carried on walking. All kinds of thoughts were running through my drug-addled teenage mind. At this point, I thought about break. Mate, you don't need a spliff. Don't make out you were like Charlie Sheen on acid in fucking <laughs> platoon. All kinds of thoughts were running through my drug-addled teenage mind at this point. I thought about breaking into an empty holiday cottage or just committing myself fully to the stray man lifestyle. But just as things were looking their bleakest, the nearby bar was kicking out and a not unattractive young woman in her early 20s saw me standing there with no shoes or socks on. She approached. Obviously fascinated. Okay, there's a bullshit alarm going off in my head at this stage. <laughs> obviously fascinated. That's the key term that I think, really... Yeah. I don't think she was obviously fascinated by a shoeless boy outside a pub really late at night.
1: No, I don't know. It seems seems vaguely fascinating.
0: Okay. (laughs) After a short conversation, I offered to walk her home. Unbelievably, she accepted. And after a delightful stroll, during which I studiously avoided broken glass and numerous dog shits while attempting to be charming, we arrived at her front door. She told me her parents were away, and I was welcome to kick there if I wanted. For some reason god only knows i froze and said actually i'd probably better be getting back (laughs) back to where mate (laughs) to where i've no idea it was it was three in the bastard morning at this point she gave me her phone number in case i changed uh, my mind i thanked (gasps) her and set off walking back the way i'd come i arrived back at the camp around just as the warden was unlocking the front gate i hid beneath a bush great, good stuff, until he'd finished and then stole through the gate and crept back into my tent. I never called her. What a pillock.
1: Oh, dear me. I
0: can see that really, that must have been hard for you to live with over the years, but at least you've got it off your chest now.
1: I think um, the the message there is don't do drugs, kids. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Fucking hell.
1: We've had We've had a follow-up. Do you remember the, the bullshitter who re- referred to himself as being in the regiment? And oh, he yeah. would occasionally go into the woods with, in a tent and reset his demons. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a follow-up from Gary Collier who sent that in. He says, The regiment bullshitter was once spotted shopping up the Asda when he should have been resetting his inner demons in the woods. He said he had to try and keep it quiet, but he'd been recruited by the Manchester Chinatown Triads as an enforcer. <laughs>
0: Oh they're one of the toughest tri- triads. They're all
1: among among Manchester's toughest triads, then definitely the Chinatown <laughs> boys. He said he said it's, he told him it was because he'd become fluent in Chinese while serving overseas. When asked if it was Mandarin or Cantonese he spoke, he just replied he replied by speaking nonsense in a Chinese accent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I imagine
1: it would have commitment. been something like <laughs> Something along uh, them lines, I reckon
0: It's sort of like a combination of the two, if I'm honest <laughs> yeah. It's a hybrid language I flip between both, but most <laughs> people seem to understand me It
1: goes a bit like this <laughs> <laughs> What I've just oh said God. there is You were here, yeah. I'm going in the shop for 20 B&H but that was in mandarin cantonese um, uh, and Ga- gary ads <laughs> gary ads then he went straight out to get his tent
0: <laughs> it's really impressive commitment to the bullshit isn't it actually yeah. doing an impression of the language <laughs> got an unexpected boobs from andrew Ooh. close When I was about 17 or 18, I saw some unexpected boobs in a very unexpected place. One night, me and my mates decided to have a night in round my house to have a few drinks, a pizza, and a few games on Mario Kart. Lovely. Nice. Uh, We realised we had no booze, so a couple of us headed up the Asda to sort this out. Just as we went through the doors, we bumped into a couple of female friends of mine I'd gone to school with and stopped for a quick chat. They asked what we were doing there, so we told them. (laughs) We were there for a couple of crates, and we're having a night in round mine. I asked them what they'd been buying. This is where the conversation took a bit of a turn. One of the girls that she'd had a said that she'd had her nipples pierced that afternoon, so she had been <laughs> buying some kind of antiseptic to stop them getting infected. She then asked if we'd like to see them, and before we could say fuck yes, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see your weeping infected nipples, please. She'd whipped them out and asked, "What do you think?" Obviously, being teenagers and confronted with boobs, we were all dumbstruck for what felt like an eternity before (coughs) I could feebly mutter in a voice that sounded very much like it was in the process of breaking again. (laughs) Very
1: nice. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Very nice.
0: She thanked me for the compliment, put her boobs away, (coughs) and we said our goodbyes. As she walked away, I regained my composure and my teenage confidence and called after her. Give me a shout if you want to help putting the antiseptic on. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> me and my mates then walked off towards the beer aisle in silence, in shock at what had just happened in the entrance to the Asda's. Oh, oh God.
1: Fucking hell. Oh, mate. Give us a shout if you want to help putting the antiseptic on. You <laughs> oh, should oh, oh, have been no. about tw- 20 feet away by that point, wandering it's the off. the stuff
0: of David Niven, isn't it? The velvet-tongued
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. womanisers your of yore. <laughs> it's the sort of shit you can imagine Errol Flynn probably came yeah. out with on a nightly basis.
1: Give me a, give me a show if you want I'd put the antiseptic on.
0: And by oh. the way, madam, he said as he leant down, kissed her <laughs> hand, then looked upwards, meeting her eyes with his own. And remember, madam, give me a shout if you need any help applying the antiseptic. <laughs> A uh, nickers almost fell off automatically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we spoke. We spoke earlier about cricket and bullshit, and here's mm. another one from James uh-huh. Hodgson. Uh, at our cricket club, we had a guy in his fifties who had moved back to the area after many years living abroad alarm bells uh he started running the bar and was quickly named semtex as he was likely to blow up at any time (laughs) he enjoyed serving up endless pints of lager and quickly established himself as a master bullshitter the first of the entertaining life experience semtex casually threw into conversation was that whilst working in california he had designed and built chuck norris's house (laughs) (laughs) Also, also in California, he met Eddie Van Halen and ended up designing and making a guitar for him. Uh, When when we dissolved in laughter, Semtex exploded before coming back the next weekend with a picture from Google of Rolling Stone magazine with Eddie Van Halen playing said guitar. Clear proof if ever you needed it, we told Semtex. (laughs) Um, suitably encouraged Semtex (laughs) moved on to his time in Thailand here he claimed to have designed the tail fin for Thai airways (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: through
1: through this he claimed to have been introduced to some filmmakers leading to him being the person to drive the car away at the end of Man with the Golden Gun ignoring ignoring the fact that the final scene is actually a boat sailing away from Scaramanga's Island
0: Um,
1: (laughs) Of course, Semtex felt the need to also bullshit about sporting prowess. He claimed to have been one of the fastest bowlers in the country in his pomp and claimed the wicket of many Kent and England players while stood in a bar with people that played in the same team and knew this to be utter bollocks. Uh, His final bullshit was a beauty. We arrived at practice one evening to find Semtex excitedly walking back from the nets. I've done it. I've finally done it, he declared. Done what? I've developed... The upswinger. I've been working on it for years. I bowl the ball, and just before it reaches the batsman, the ball swings upwards. So you've developed a ball that defies gravity. Yep. <laughs> he said, without a hint of self doubt, Semtex was invited to practice with us and share the magic he'd developed. Funnily enough, he had something urgent to get to, and he made his excuses and left. Shortly afterwards, Semtex moved to Spain to live with his elderly mother. A world-class bullshitter was lost to us, but years later we still rejoice in the entertainment he gave. Lovely oh, stuff. Show. If
0: you do miss him. I mean, some of the bullshitters that I've talked about on this show i am fallen out of contact with, and you just lose it over the years, don't you? use it as Indeed. an element, a sort of a feature of your life, a feature of, of entertainment. Um, do. Right, Mark in Birmingham, fish-related bullshit. As an electrician on a construction site, bullshit is something that comes with the territory, as it's an industry full of Grey Day bullshitters. One in particular claimed that his parents were millionaires and owned a rare breed of koi carp. Oh, fucking love koi carp. That was worth thousands. He said one night somebody broke into his back garden, took one of the koi carps out of the pond, punched it. <laughs> Killed the fish and threw its corpse back in the pond and ran off. <laughs> what a strange thing to do! I mean, if you'd gained access to koi, car- I mean, I've thought many times I've discussed with friends, and you can't grasp me for this because we've never had the balls to follow through on it. Right, but there is some koi carp in quite costly places though. around London and we've talked before about how easy it would be to just steal mm. koi carp. Koi carp are really precious, right? Yeah. And they're worth loads of money and they're just swimming around in ponds in public parks mm. and in some public parks and that. And then you just sort of think, you know, like you wouldn't leave a lump of gold, would you, or a briefcase mm. full of cash just sitting around in a public park all night oh, true. But they, they do the same with Koi Cup. So, anyway, what I'm saying is this geezer, if he could get in and get access to the Koi Cup, why would he have just punched one to death <laughs> rather than nicking it, putting it in a bag full of water and then going flogging it in, on eBay or something? Yeah. Anyway. Um... He ran off and apparently the police were called instantly and the pond was surrounded by a forensics tent and many police <laughs> operatives trying to get to the bottom of this fish homicide. When I asked him why the police took it so seriously, he replied that his mum worked for MI5 and had, in quotes, connections. Needless to say, I just replied, really? Really? <laughs> Which sent him on another bullshit tangent, claiming his mum once asked him to take 50 grand in a briefcase to an address but wouldn't tell him why, as it was classified information. He then proceeded to say he took the briefcase on a bus with him to get to the destination. A bus is, re- is a really safe way to travel with that amount of money on you, isn't it? Didn't <laughs> want to get a taxi. I'm sure if he'd got a taxi, he could have put the receipt into MI5 exactly. as
1: well. Yeah, they would give, give him a tenner up front, probably. Oh, yeah. good stuff. Punched car. Um, some more unexpected tits. Joe from Essex. One summer evening, myself and two friends were enjoying a maraud and a cigarette up on the cliffs in town. Again, another regular theme of, <laughs> of this podcast. Uh, taking yep. in the view and having some general high guy chit-chat. There was some occasional pedestrian traffic. Overall, it was pretty quiet. Passers-by would steer clear of our bench, as one would hope when in that mental state. After a while, we became aware of a couple loitering behind us and naturally hushed our conversation and went into cautious public stoner mode. Feeling a bit on edge, we tried to ignore this and carry on as normal. But slowly, a slightly gothy, heavy woman came round from behind us and took the stage in front of our bench. We looked on in silence as she proceeded to pull down her top flop out the unexpected goods and juggle them in her hands for a moment before, no. half, whi- before half whispering Tiss! <laughs> no
0: way! <laughs> in,
1: in what Joe has described as an Alan Rickman-esque tone. <laughs> <"T-ss."> <laughs> well, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> he says, we, was, we were stunned and after some awkward silence and staring I took it on myself to try and resolve the deadlock. All I managed to come out with, though, was a pathetic, okay, no thank you. <laughs> <But> <laughs> fortunately, this was enough, and she sloped off, leaving us to recover from the shock.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <clears throat> um, and he's actually uh, finished up with a, a haiku for us. Oh. From, from his comrade of the night. Uh, snuck off for a bit, found a lovely hidden spot, then bam, bouncing tits.
0: And, uh- Lovely stuff, God. That's quite cruel cool of the woman, if true. Like you spot, because sometimes you, you you see, you you do see that, don't you? You'll be walking on the street and you'll smell something, and you'll think someone's having a yeah. spliff, and you'll see some sheepish-looking, spotty adolescents sitting somewhere, going stray. They're always yeah. stray, aren't they? And they they'll be stray and they'll be on a bench, and they'll be looking really self-conscious, half trying to look hard and unapproachable, but really you just know they're really stoned, paranoid, and freaking out. In fact, altogether, it's a very unenjoyable experience, if you think about it. I don't know why they waste their money and time on it. Yeah, You might as well have a beer on a bench, because then you don't feel at all paranoid.
1: (laughs) Have you got any more? Have you got time for one more?
0: What, shall I do it?
1: I've got a sex fail. I was
0: 18, and I met a young lady when I was out, on an afternoon drinking session things went well and I was invited back to her house for the evening throughout the evening she was declaring her love of animals and I thought great I told her I was a vet <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> but I am not a vet and I can't stand bloody animals you uh, <laughs> like animals do you uh, funny you should say that because I deal with a lot of animals in my line of work Yeah, oh, really referee. what's that I'm a vet in fact I'm the top vet in Britain <laughs> Uh throughout the evening uh things throughout the evening were great going great until about eight PM when I heard a bang. We ran outside to find a dog had been hit. <laughs> it looked in a bit of pain and my lady friend friend declared to the crowd not to worry because I was a vet. Fuck <laughs> I bent down to try and assist this poor animal. When I did so I fell over and mistakenly fell on the dog. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> oh, Jesus The dog, the dog yelped. I, have I for the next two or three minutes, tried to prod the dog, even reaching for a stick to assist in the... <laughs> what? Jesus, what kind of a vet are you? <laughs> Hand me a stick. You know, like when you see the surgeons. <clears throat> scalpel. Yeah.
1: <laughs> stick. I, Hand I, me a stick, goddammit.
0: We're losing this dog.
1: I, I'm off duty. I don't have my vetting stick with me, but a standard stick will suffice. Yeah.
0: Give me a stick. Any stick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, poke this dog. Now, what you do is you throw the stick and the dog instinctively adrenaline kicks in and it leaps out of its state of near death and just chases the stick. And, and gets better. Uh, eventually, a neighbour a neighbor chimes, chimes in. I don't think he is a vet, love. He's causing this dog more harm than good. <laughs> My lady friend agreed and left and went back inside I sat in the road pissed out of my face covered in the blood of an injured dog and with numerous harsh looks coming from the locals I didn't see the girl or the dog again I am still not a vet
1: oh that and is it poor mate like don't lie I mean be. there are
0: some things you should lying about being in the SAS is one thing but lying about being a vet it's like it's too risky
1: it's beyond the pale. it should be an arrestable offence we'll put that in the dossier we're going to give to you your policeman friend yeah Right, that's it for this latest episode in the in the mailbag. Keep them coming because they're generally they're generally there's enough for us to fill half an hour. Um, yeah. Obviously, the vast majority of them are fucking terrible, but you know, keep them coming anyway. Don't be don't be afraid or Don't be or shy. ashamed. Don't don't be be ashamed.
0: We're not really naming anyone who's done the shit ones, the good no, ones, no, or the, not, the, the not basically anyway. adequate ones.
1: Not yet, yeah. but we probably will get right to it at some point.
0: We might do like a top ten list of names of people who've sent us the most appalling things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, quite right. All right, we'll be back um, fucking probably tomorrow with a new episode, because we seem to be banging them out willy-nilly at the minute. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Ta-da.